0: It's Toronto's Podcast on the Canada's Podcast Network. Hi everyone, I'm Phil Bliss a Business Visionary and welcome to Toronto's Podcast, part of the Canada's Podcast Network. Your source of the great insights from entrepreneurs across Canada. Today I'd like to introduce you to Mark Doble. Mark is a lawyer and a software developer with a passion for leveraging software to make the law more affordable and more understandable. He received his JD from Queen's University and his new venture, Alexei, is using artificial intelligence to transform the practice of law in a pretty dramatic fashion. In a previous life. Mark was a professional cross-country skier and coach. Mark also holds a patent for snow gliding devices that allows for nonlinear flex in alpine and cross-country skis. So, Mark, welcome to Canada's podcast. Thanks, Phil. Tell us a bit about yourself. You know your, your story. You know where you are today. Your company as, as it exists today.
1: Yeah, for sure. So we are a smallish team of about 10 people, and we're a uh, legal technology company. So we're we're combining brilliant machine learning engineer, machine learning technologies, artificial intelligence with brilliant lawyers to um, provide really high quality answers to uh, our clients' legal questions. And all of our clients are lawyers and other law firms.
0: So why, why aren't you working as a lawyer, you know you've got a JD from Queens. Da 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 da. What are do you doing in technology?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, during law school, I, I had quite a bit of interest in software and spent half of my time reading, which probably should have been all of my time. But the other half was spent building little things on the side and uh, really getting into the weeds in, in mm-hmm. software and and in particular machine learning and I just saw that the impact that this technology was going to have on the law was profound. And uh, as somebody just starting out in the profession, it was something I really wanted to be. And it, it really excited me. I, I, I love the law. I love studying the law, reading about the law. But it was something about artificial intelligence and software in particular, the ability to scale software that was really <clears throat> exciting for me.
0: Are you wired differently I mean, I think entrepreneurs are wired differently.
1: It's probably the kind of question <laughs> that asks my my wife and friends, but uh, <laughs> but I think what they might say, what my wife might say, is, I'm fairly ordinary, but I I do think that I'm less uh, content with status quo than most people. I'm I'm less content with the daily grind working for somebody else uh completing tasks and to-do lists
0: i am i always interested in yes you you see you saw an opportunity but you dive into this with no sense of income why did you do that you, how did you sort of come up and, and start swimming you know because that's always the big thing for entrepreneurs. It's really, you know, people have lots of ideas, but it's taking that taking that big dive off the edge yeah. And, yeah. And, and coming up for air or not.
1: Well, it is one of the most difficult things, if not the most difficult thing I've ever done in my life, no doubt. But at the same time, while it might have appeared very risky, very um, uncertain, it seems it seemed like at the time, and still seems like, looking back, the most rational thing I could have done, <laughs> and I just had to do it. I just had yeah. to do it, yeah. and uh, there was really no other option. And it—it it was the idea of building capital in a company, building uh, an asset with value that, if I'm successful, if we're successful in this company, outlives uh, my time working on the company. The idea of that which you only really get that by starting a company.
0: That's profound, yeah. You know, let, let's move on to more where we are in Toronto kind of thing. Well, actually, I'm in Hamilton, but you're in Toronto, so we're, we're, we're in the general area, basically. What are the benefits of doing business around here?
1: You know, it's, it's, a, it's not an easy question to answer because, on, on the one hand, the Internet allows you to be anywhere. And most of my work is just accessing the internet, communicating with people across the internet. And oftentimes I'm at the office and there's very few physical interactions with other people. And so some days I'm like, yeah, why, why are we here in Toronto? It's The cost mm-hmm. of living is high, but it's the, it's the proximity to other people that is, is really important in, mm-hmm. in, in my view. We might not have to be in Toronto every day, Monday through Friday, every week of the year, but there's so much innovation happening in Toronto that it really is not just a hub for Canada, but a hub for the world, especially in machine learning and AI. It's, uh, yeah, it's definitely, exceptional. Uh,
0: definitely is. And, th- and that's a good reason. What are some of the issues that, you know, you, that your team has in the area?
1: Um, some of the issues. Well, we're... We're still, even though there's 10 of us, we're largely a remote team. Uh, mm-hmm. We have a full-time employee in Vancouver. We have a full-time employee in Montreal. We're quite distributed, and we've had to build processes and ways of, of accommodating for a distributed team. But, and, and there's a lot of value, I think, that comes from that. And so the main downside is, is cost of living and cost of operating a business in Toronto, that it's really expensive. But it, it's expensive because there's lots of value that come from, comes yeah. from, from being okay. here so
0: So this is more about the process. you know I think being an entrepreneur is recognized on being you have to be fairly creative, fairly innovative uh, to succeed as, in, in entrepreneurship. So some of our best ideas come you know where we least expect them. How do you disconnect you know, how do you reach out? is there somewhere? special you go to. Is so there some process that Mark's kind of evolved that works for him? I think it's really good to talk about it because people can learn from that.
1: Yeah, really for me it's something that uh, with with my wife and and my son and my extended family. It's uh spending time with them and, and learning how to do that properly while completely disconnected. Mm-hmm. It uh in the, the first year of the company it was really difficult. And we, we have to figure out ways to do that and are still really figuring it out. It's so easy to be connected all the time. But mm-hmm. uh, having time with them is is a way for, for me to recharge. The best ideas have come from absolutely, like you said, surprising locations and at surprising times. But um, I think it, it really is. And it's something I've thought a lot about, uh, mm-hmm. because we are in the business of trying to constantly invent new things. We're a right. technology company. And The thing that uh, I hear a lot of other people talk about, and I keep coming back to, is that the best ideas, most people do not think that they're a good idea at the beginning. So there is a contrarian idea that's ultimately what leads to success. It starts off as this contrarian idea. Mm -hmm. And uh, and it's rare that that's not the case. And so if you imagine Airbnb, for example, very contrarian idea early on. Very few people were signing up to be hosts or staying in a host's house. And the early business developers at Airbnb, they had to spend all this time trying to convince other people of their contrarian idea that it was true. And so you have to have a contrarian idea. It has to be true. Most contrarian ideas are wrong also. And that, that's one of the big yeah. difficulties. And then it's a matter of convincing the world Uh, of this contrarian idea, the truth of this contrarian idea.
0: What are you most excited about in your business today?
1: The most exciting thing about our business today is seeing these these two worlds of lawyers and machine learning software engineers coming together to build something that has never existed before. And there's been a real slow development, in my view, of, of legal technology. There's a few examples uh, and successes out there, but nowhere near as many as there should be. And I think in large part, it's because they're two totally different cultures, two totally different types of people, ways of thinking that have not interacted anywhere near enough. And, and that, that's really what we're seeing come together now. And uh, that, that's really exciting.
0: What drives you forward? I mean, you hit barriers. You know, we all hit barriers. What takes you around the wall or over the wall? Is there something there that people should know about that, that if you didn't have it, you couldn't get around the wall?
1: I really think it is. It starts, I mean, every, it's going to be different for every person. But for me, I, I like to think that I'm fairly rational. I look at things objectively. If there is something we need to fix, I try and fix it. I don't avoid it. But uh, it, it's also the knowledge that really great companies take a long time to to build, and uh, I didn't take a salary for a whole year uh, or or slightly over a year, right? And that's yeah. not uncommon. Oftentimes, it's even more than that. And yeah. and I I can barely say that um, we're we're definitely below market salaries now for the founders of the company. But it, it's it's just knowing that it takes time, and and these things don't happen. Overnight, and so with that knowledge, knowing, believing that that is absolutely true, any any downs, I know that it's likely there's going to be an up uh, next week or tomorrow, maybe right, and true. and so yeah. yeah.
0: What are the top three things on your vision board, bucket list, whatever you call it today? You know, they don't have to be business. I mean, it can be family. Yeah, well,
1: you know. we're so focused on on the specific problem that we're solving, and and it is it is a very hard technical problem, but mm-hmm. it, it's, it's a very hard marketing problem. Also, we're, we're building automation for an industry that is, has been fairly insular, fairly, very well protected. It's highly regulated and, and a lot of the people in the industry, a lot of lawyers, uh, especially graduating lawyers, they're concerned about jobs, job replacement, and it's uh, and that that's understandable. So we're, we're building automation in this industry that we ultimately think will increase the amount of jobs although it's very counterintuitive to to understand mm-hmm. that and so it there's a very hard technical problem there's a hard marketing problem and it's trying to solve these problems that is is really exciting
0: what do you know now that you wish you knew when you were starting the business
1: i the biggest lesson for us in the first year was which segment of the market is more likely to adopt this sort of product and early on we just said well it's a product for all lawyers and Mm -hmm. if you're a lawyer we want to talk to you and now we know that that was a very bad approach and that there's subtle differences between various segments of the market and really understanding those differences between the segments has been really important in terms of how we optimize our sales process, uh, our go to market generally. And I as a as a first time entrepreneur, I was not aware of the importance of really understanding the market in far more detail than I thought was important. I I I'm a lawyer myself. I didn't, didn't practice right out of articling. I started this company. Uh, and so I thought I had enough information about a lawyer and what they do and, yeah. and a law firm and how, where all the law firms are. And, uh, but there was far more information I needed to know and I needed to study the market far more to better plan a sales strategy. And, yeah.
0: so, so what you're saying is, you know, don't just go in with a good idea, spend a lot more time doing doing analysis not with not with paralysis but pretty damn close
1: absolutely because yeah. because it is it is the convincing people of a contrarian idea that you believe is right that is really difficult uh and and you need to become excellent at that regardless of the technology
0: what advice would you give an entrepreneur looking to start a business in Toronto? i mean maybe and just where to situate yourself whatever. i mean it can be all kinds of things
1: so the, the number one thing, it, it, like it, it, all de- it all depends on what you want out of the business. Are, are you looking to build a, a lifestyle business where you perhaps have one or two employees and, and you have a steady income every year? Or are you looking to build a scalable company? We're, we're in the technology business, the venture scale route. And that's, uh, so that's kind of where, where my head's at and, and where the company's at. That being said, um, there's one thing that's always true, in my view. You have to provide a product or service that people absolutely love and obsess about your customer, obsess about the value you're providing them. And if that's there, you'll have that that oh. value returned back to you.
0: What's the best piece of advice that you've ever received?
1: Yeah, there are, are several mentors that... Uh, I've worked with formally, informally. I, I do a lot of reading. I listen to a lot of podcasts. And there's, there's a lot that comes from all of that And I'm trying to, to pick out. There's, well, there's a we, lot of we, different- We'll
0: we come back to it. So this is some, what we term rapid fire things. So if you weren't doing what you do for work now, what would you be doing instead?
1: I would have started. You
0: can't can't say lawyer.
1: No, you can't say no. Yes, you can. I would would have started just a different company.
0: Okay, all right, okay. What book are you currently reading, listening to, you know, whatever? uh, And what book or books would you recommend to the audience? Obviously, with a focus on business and entrepreneurship.
1: Well, I mean, uh, good to great. I've read uh, a couple times and I just started rereading it again. Mm -hmm. Andy Grove's High Output Management, an exceptional book that I would recommend to anybody, especially when just trying to figure out how your organization becomes operationalizable. It's an incredible book.
0: Are you a morning or a night person? Ooh,
1: uh, is there a neither? I think I'm neither. (laughs) That's a new
0: one. I think I've not not had that response. I
1: I normally stop working. The latest I would work is probably 10.30. I'm normally up at 7.
0: If you had to pick one word to describe yourself, what would it be and why?
1: (laughs) One. uh, Persistent.
0: That's a very common word and theme. That we, yeah,
1: yeah that, if you sure. listen to,
0: the, to some of our podcasts, you'll, you'll find that comes up a lot.
1: And, uh, and the, the reason, the reason I picked that, honestly, is because I think my wife said that to me the other day, and that's fine. <laughs> okay, well, maybe I. Yeah.
0: Well, that's a good reason. That's a good reason. <laughs> yeah. What's keeping you up at night these days, if anything?
1: I have a two-year-old son who's started temp- temper tantrums, and oh, uh, oh, so oh. he's the main reason. <laughs> if come up at night, it's him. Yeah.
0: What's your favorite place in the world?
1: Wherever my family is. No, it doesn't really, it, I'm more focused on the people that I'm around as opposed to a specific location.
0: This is sort of the routine question. What are the three non-negotiables that have to happen in your morning or evening routine?
1: In the morning coffee, not non I ha I probably haven't, there hasn't been a day where I haven't had coffee in at least a decade. And, um,
0: Yeah, I think that's probably the only thing. Okay, okay. So this one, this is what I ask everybody. There's a small tropical island in the middle of the ocean with only one phone booth and no internet. We drop you off there with no technology. At any time, you can use the phone booth on the island to call the boat back, and we'll come and pick you up. How long would you last before making that call, and what would you do until then?
1: I don't. I'm, am I missing? Some, I don't see a reason why I would not make the call right away. <laughs> I would be concerned for my. Uh, okay. my, my some,
0: health, that's, that's fine. That, 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 that's, yeah. a good, that's a good quote. That's a good one. I can I, see
1: maybe some people. Some people want to hang out on the island for a little. Bit, it's it's uh,
0: a, your we've had yours is is a common response. Other one is oh I will stay for a few days and or I'll stay as for. As soon yeah, as you
1: said As soon know. as you said no internet, I uh, said oh, I I need <laughs> out of this situation. <laughs>
0: Okay, Mark. Look, we're, we're coming to the end here, but you know, thank you for the interview. Where can our listeners find you online? And you know, because they listen to this, people sometimes want to connect.
1: Yeah, you can just email me is probably the best bet, uh, Mark with a K at Alexi.com, dot com, and that's alex a l e x s e i dot com.
0: Well. Mark, thank you so much for coming on the Canada's Podcast. It's been really nice meeting you. And I'm sure uh, there's, there's, some, there's some gems in there that, uh, that our listeners will love. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Phil. really appreciate it. And uh, I'll, I'll be certain to subscribe, and you can count me as uh, another one of your listeners.
0: Thanks, everyone, for taking the time today to listen to Toronto's Podcast on the Canada's Podcast Network. I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. Make sure you sign up for our newsletters or write a review for us on iTunes. You can connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, or at canvaspodcast.com where you can listen, discover, and engage. You can also check out what other entrepreneurs are doing across the country. I'll see you next time.